The time has come. I like that. The time is now for Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Furfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of sweaty balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim her whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Hello. It's Oscar night. <laughs> and we're taking a break. <laughs> well, here's it. We're sitting here. Our studio has a great screen. So yes. we're watching the Oscars here in our studio. But we're, we're actually taping this podcast after the red carpet and before the actual Oscars have started. So, so. we have opinions on dresses, but we don't know who wins. Exactly. And here's the thing, I'm feeling really not so attractive at the moment. Well, look at us. Yeah, I know. Look at us. I know. We've had what? an hour of looking at these incredible <laughs> women walking up wait, the wait, red wait. carpet. We do podcasts in our diamonds <laughs> and our sequins every week, don't well, we? Well, Holly, I have <laughs> made us some lovely, gorgeous bracelets. Bling. So a little bit of bling with our tracksuit bottoms and <laughs> So that we could feel a little bit better watching all these beautiful women walking the red carpet. All right, favorite dresses. Nicole Kidman. Yes, I gave her a 10. Kristen Chenoweth. Gave her a 10. Uh, who else? Stacey Keebler. Yes, beautiful. She, I think Stacey oh. Keebler jumped to my top. That's uh, George Clooney's George girlfriend. Clooney's she was a wrestler dancing with the stars, just all over beautiful. I, it's a tie for me between Naomi Watts, Stacey Keebler, and I do say that I wavered between a 9 and 10 for Halle Berry. She looked a little Grace Jones, and you had the funniest comment about her dress. It looked like 1920s, 1930s architecture. Like the Empire Building. State Building. Exactly. <laughs> she was going with James Bond. But she still looks fantastic. Yeah. She never ages. No. So, yeah. So, I can't decide. Did you like Naomi? Who was your number, I, I, number one? The, 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 the Naomi was a little... I, I couldn't I couldn't warm to that. Really? I love that, that gray with the structure and the... Couldn't warm to it. I, I have to say, I like Amy Adams... Yes. It's flowing. It really suited her. I thought it was beautiful. I just have a problem with pale people wearing pale colors. You're never supposed to do that, I thought. Okay, well, let's talk about Anne Hathaway then. Oh, I don't know. It looks she like had she the had nipple dress. It looks like nipples. I will say it was very cool and creative how she wore the Tiffany necklace backwards. Yeah. But, but um, what are I you doing wearing a nipple dress? I didn't love that material. That satin is really particular you know it's that thick satin i don't know she's beautiful oh she looks great her hair her makeup oh. was stunning and it was really great to see robin roberts up there um yes hosting well looked, not hosting the red carpet oh, yeah 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 she looks great she did and um everybody so the fan favorite i guess at the end of the red carpet live was the number one was jennifer lawrence and i gotta be honest with you it looked like a wedding dress it did i didn't like that i wasn't a fan no she's she's tall she i mean is. Kristen chenoweth who is tiny and four, i've met four her 11. <laughs> she hosted the um uh, hero dog awards and it was great because we we're watching the oscar the red carpet with my daughter and she was like i know her i've had <laughs> pictures taken with her she is delightful. Kristen Jenner was delightful. She was fantastic as a host. She is really good. She has a new job if she wants it, I'm sure. Um, I just have to tell you, like, some of my... Jessica Chastain looked beautiful. Yes. For pale girls oh. and pale dresses, I will say, I'll give you that. Um, what did you say about that? You wish you'd never sunbathed? Oh, I know. When you look at this, I wish... If I could tell my younger self one thing, it's don't sit in the sun. Like, these girls are alabaster and beautiful, and here I have sunspots and wrinkles and... 
It was right. fun while it lasted. Going a little bit over the top, Holly, but I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Not like, you. I'm <laughs> saying with them. They're gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Oh. Now, I will say that um, I will, in the what were they thinking categories, um, I got to be honest with you, uh, I, there was a couple dresses where I just went, hmm. Like, for instance, people were raving about Reese Witherspoon. I didn't see it. I I. I know she just had a baby. She looks fantastic. But I just thought that the top cut her off. Holly, I know nothing about celebrities. I really don't know kind of the latest celebrity gossip. I didn't even know that Reese Witherspoon had had a baby. Mm -hmm. So what was my comment? Oh, is she pregnant? (laughs) Yeah. So maybe after baby, you just... And it's like, so Channing Tatum, he looked great, but he would have looked a lot better naked. And his wife, Jenna Dewan, she looked great. She's pregnant, but I just didn't like that lacy thing. Like for me, I love when pregnant ladies wear those big flowy, beautiful, like it's just, mm-hmm. that's just personal. Ethereal. And then, uh, so here I gave one, one, we, we judged them. Vic and I judged one through 10 and Alex, her daughter. And, um, we gave, I, I gotta tell you, Daniel day Lewis, his, his tux was Navy, which was really cool, but I'm not so sure. I would love to ask a stylist, a Navy tux with a black tie. Like, aren't you supposed to match or nothing else seemed black. But anyway, he can his do what he wife, likes. He's going to win the Oscar anyway. That's true. But don't you want it, like Anne Hathaway, don't you want to accept the Oscar in an outfit that you're going well, to Well, she will. If she won, and obviously by the time you're listening to this podcast, I think you'll she's know, she will accept the Oscar in her nipple dress. <laughs> and forever will be known like that. But Daniel Day-Lewis' wife, Rebecca Miller, Arthur Miller's daughter, uh, she's a playwright. Yeah, did you not know that? Our producer just looked at us like, really? Yes. Uh, Arthur Miller's daughter, her, her stepmother was Marilyn Monroe. She was wearing an old lady dress. I had a dress like that for like <laughs> a prom, I think, that when my parents did not want me to look, you know. It looked like something out of the 1980s. And then can we talk about the only guy I gave a 10 to is Hugh Jackman. I thought he looked spot on. And his his wife, who, um, is what? it bad to say that his wife looks like his mother? Well, when you dress like that, you become his mother. Yes, you right. do. I don't care the age difference and how old they are, but she just, she was wearing a black tux, if you didn't see it, with that fake ponytail that did not match her real hair. And if you're going to do that, you look like you're old looking, trying to look young. So it just points out the fact that you're older. Yeah. Not a good look. Well. I'm sure she's very nice and very sweet. But anyway, as I say this, um, you know, sitting here in my sweats <laughs> and my, um, my ponytail. Um, and so, uh, okay. So really quickly, who do you think is going to be my best actor? Daniel Day-Lewis. I agree. How about uh, best uh, actress? That's a tough one. Anne Hathaway. I think she's best supporting. Oh, she's best supporting. Yeah, I think she's going to win for best supporting. Um, Best actress, Jessica Chastain, maybe? I haven't seen that. I haven't seen the film. Zero Dark Thirty? Oh, Jessica Chastain. Of course. Yes, I think she will win. She won the Golden Globe. Yeah, although that doesn't always mean anything because Ben Affleck, who's won everything, did not even get nominated for Argo, which is a total slob slight. Um, But I love Steven Spielberg. I think he's genius. So... I don't know. Very interesting. So we'll have to, um, I- I'm almost afraid to guess because then people are going to see how dumb we are. I think Argo, Argo is going to win best picture. You no. think? Yeah, I think so. I think, I it, think deserves so. it. I yeah. think it, it would be great. Well, we'll find out because everyone's going, no, it didn't win or you, you need to. Anyway, um, let's talk about, uh, you've been really busy. You've been gone. Yes, I have been gone. And, um, yeah, we had, 
I went to the American Humane. It was Tea with Victoria at That's West right. Beach. Oh, nice. I'm ambassador for the American oh, Humane Association, as you know. Tea. And it was sold out crowd of West Palm Beach's finest. Wow, I bet it was beautiful. It was beautiful. And it was the Chesterfield Hotel. Tea was delightful. The company was delightful. Lots of wealthy people in West Palm Beach. So I hope the American Humane did very well. That's great. Because I think they had to pay rather a lot to have tea with me. And we had a great, I gave about a 45 minute talk and a question and answer session. So we had had fun. We talk about, we celebrate dogs. So we talk about dogs' emotions, about how they think, about their feel, about how dogs smell, about how they see. I give really interesting facts and information about their own dogs I answer Mm -hmm. their questions I basically teach them what it must be like what the world must be like from the dog's point of view and it's all done in a really kind of light and entertaining way Mm -hmm. as there's a lot of laughter we joke around people have a good time so after they've come to one of my talks they go out they have a lot of knowledge but they've also had a laugh as well Mm -hmm. I'm not one of these people that likes to stand there and give serious talks you know and be very very serious about it so it's not like a dissertation you don't do a powerpoint presentation (laughs) no but for the next one for the, the morning after I had to drive up to uh, Orlando afterwards mm-hmm. and the morning early morning I was at the Global Pet Expo which is I think the, the largest uh, trade fair pet product trade fair oh, wow. in the United States and I was speaking at the Professional Women's Networking Breakfast Professional Women's Networking Breakfast and again that that was a PowerPoint presentation about business and about mm-hmm. how I created It's Me or the Dog and about how we developed and how we developed our businesses from there mm-hmm. but it was to all to a lot of women who are in the, the product business mm-hmm. and who um, it, the Pet Expo is massive probably about four or five football fields of just Product. Did you get a chance to walk around and see anything? I did. I I wish I'd had more time to do so. I was uh, at my stall that we've got a partnership with, with Dog is Good, you know, the Mm t-shirts that I have. I love it. Uh, I love my t-shirts and we launched a new t-shirt, Positive Reflection. Um, And you'll be able to see that on my website very, very soon and purchase that on my website. That was that was great. So, but I didn't have time to really go to a lot of different stores. But we had some great meetings with people that are interested in working with me. So it was good. Did you get a sense of what the big trends are in the in the dog animal world? Well, what's so great for me to see is that ten years ago, when or eight years ago, when I started It's Me or the Dog, you know, one of the things that we would try to fight against was bad food. People feeding their dogs bad food, and really that was kind of all that was available any sort of food that was natural and that didn't have any preserve uh, didn't have any bad preservatives or anything like that that was sort of new and groundbreaking but it's great to see now that actually the food that's out there actually is better than i eat it's all really really good and it's nutritionally sound and it's not artificially preserved no artificial colors or flavorings in them it's fillers great great stuff the, my dogs eat better than my husband does and i don't i can't do anything about it it's by his choice but yeah there's some really great stuff yeah so and you know there's a lot of people out there a lot of products out there that will never see the light of day and people put their light their heart and soul into these things but for whatever reason the money runs out Mm -hmm. they just don't sell the shops don't want to buy it 
And so people lose their investment, all the money that they've invested in these products that they really believe in. And so there were some products that people showed me because, of course, everyone wants to give me their products mm -hmm. so that I can put it on, their, on my show, which I've done a lot. But there, there were some products that people gave me that were just awful. Oh. Two years ago when I was at the show, somebody came along and gave me a product that looked like, well, it was very long. It was green, and it was about, I'd say, probably about eight inches long. Green, rubbery, with kind of, um, it looked very... Mm -hmm. Phallic. Yes. But what was it toy like? For? It was a toy for them to chew on? Yes, it, it was a toy for to, to chew on. So it was and a he, decent and thing. And he wanted but... me to stand there and hold oh, it and no, take a picture. No, and I'm like, no, no I'm not going to do that. Yeah. And I had to say, oh, look, this is great, isn't it? As I was bending it around thinking oh. that a lot of people could have a lot of fun with this. <laughs> yeah, that may not see. I haven't seen that product in the shop. Well, I don't think I ever will. It's a not the of, kind of shop you're frequenting. A lot Maybe of that it ended up in. I hope not. You know what? <laughs> a lot of dog toys can resemble such sure. uh, such instruments sure and um <laughs> and some of them we've had quite a laugh with on our show yeah on my show i mean if, if it makes your dog happy so be it great don't, to chew don't take it out in public everybody and so now you so okay so you've talked about your seminars you have a couple coming up um well can, wait, can i just before i i i love the people that i meet at the global pet expo yeah, yeah, yeah. and one of them is dr marty becker he is America's vet. Yeah, he's why the do vet I know on that? he's the veterinarian on um, Good Morning America. Yes, that's why I know the name. This guy, I want him to come and be one of our guests. Okay, because be he is the kindest, nicest, most wonderful person you are likely to meet. And if he lived here, I love my veterinarian mm -hmm. here. I love him, love him, love him. But I would go and take my dogs to him because. You just want to just say, can I just hug you and spend a day with you, please? Dr. Marty Becker, we're going to have him on the show. And please watch Good Morning America to watch him. But he's doing this great new thing, fear-free vet visits. Mm -hmm. For your dog. For your dog, for your cat, for any pet. We've got to get him on here to discuss it. Okay. Because what he's doing is groundbreaking. Good. And awesome and amazing. All right, book him. I definitely want to talk to him because okay. vet visits are not fun for me. No. Not going to the vet in the car, not being at the vet waiting, and certainly not when I get home and I get the cold shoulder and maybe a little bit of smoke. Exactly. Okay. 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 Now, now you again, can talk about Sweden seminar. You're going to be yes. in Sweden. So that when I asked, what do you do in your seminar, you told everybody. So if you're in Sweden, March 16, 17, you'll be in Stockholm? Yes. Okay, positively.com slash appearances will you be. And then talk about the Miami Dog Bite Conference as well. Oh, very excited April. about that. That's April 26. Yeah, and, and that again. Oh, my gosh, we've got such great speakers. And it's a day full of information. You will be assaulted by information. And it's so good just for dog owners. It's great for shelter workers. And it's great for anybody that's involved with animals, veterinarians. And it really is to tackle the dog bite problem that we've got in this country. Mm -hmm. But also, yes, to raise awareness, to prevent dog bites from ever happening. So things that you can do to really uh, create a sociable dog and a dog that doesn't feel the need to bite. But also when a bite happens, what do you do? How do we protect our children? So I really encourage people to attend. Fantastic. And... Um 
Let's talk about you just joined the board of Canine Assistance. I was That's yes, terrific. I was asked to be a board member. Canine Assistance, such an amazing organization. I've oh. done stories on them. You've done stories with them. Jennifer Arnold is a woman who has devoted her whole entire life to training assistance dogs, and they do everything from obviously you think of wheelchair bound people who um, are ambulatory who can't. Uh, do a lot of things on their own. Dogs are trained to help them from picking up something they've dropped to opening a refrigerator to alerting them, you know, yes. uh, something is going on to get them where they need to be. And then also now uh, seizure dogs, they can detect a seizure before they happen. Diabetes dogs, they can detect higher low blood sugar. It's yep. amazing what she has done for these dogs. They're doing research, a lot more research for the seizure response dogs to find out what is it exactly that they're responding to. But let me tell you this. When I was up there a couple of weeks ago, they were having one of their camps. They have camps mm -hmm. every four times a year so that the recipients that have been matched with the dog, and remember there's 2,000 people on the waiting list waiting mm -hmm. for a dog. And, and so, you know, it's, it's not first come, first serve basis. It's who needs it most. And for the record, they don't charge the recipients no, they at don't. all. It's all done no. by donations and grants from Absolutely. very generous people. And if you can't pay for vet care and if you have a problem with paying for food, they'll pay it for the rest of that dog's life. It's an incredible organization. I'm very proud to be a board member. But um, so the recipients are there. They go through a 10-day course where they're matched with their dogs and they work with their dogs and they go out on trips with their dogs and, and they learn how to live with their dogs. It's a big deal, you know. Um, I've never seen this before. But what happened is that when I went in, they were doing, each recipient was coming to tell Jennifer how they were doing so with their dog so it was with an adult and the adult will come in and be able to talk for itself but if it was a child the parents will come in with the child and there had been a child that had just left the room that was an ep uh, had epilepsy um, another child was came in with her parents who was just had a uh, mobility impairment and one of the dogs was brought into the room to see if this was going to match with the child. With the, the dog, the, the girl with the mo or the child with, with the mobility yes. impairment. Yes. Okay. So they brought this dog in, and the dog immediately started to. The sound it was like, and it started to snap its jaws, like, mm -hmm. and and kind of breathe, and its nose started to flare. Do you know what it was smelling? What? The girl had a seizure in the room. The girl, the little girl that had just been there who had an epilepsy had gone from the room, had gone back into another room. The dog that had just, that, that came in after the girl had left had sensed. That she was about to have a seizure. She was about to seizure. Did she, she have a seizure so, in the other room? So she had a seizure in the other room. So he, the, the dog had sensed that wow. and that's and 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 so was drawing in that scent and mm -hmm. was responding to it i saw it with my very own eyes that is a seizure response dog so there's definitely something about the smell that mm -hmm. somebody's giving off prior to a seizure mm -hmm. but also the seizure response dogs also help to alert parents or caregivers of people when their person is having a seizure whether that be during the day or at night 
Yeah, it's the same thing with uh, diabetes as well. They can detect high and low blood sugar. It's a smell, and they can decide before they go into a shock or into a coma. It's amazing. And and didn't you talk to one of the recipients? I did. And when I was at the APDT conference last October, I recorded a great interview with a girl called Channing Seidemann, mm-hmm. and she is one of the recipients of one of these seizure alert dogs, seizure response dogs, I should say, mm-hmm. and she told me about her experiences. All right, let's listen. The Positively Hotline is ringing. We don't know what we're going to do. We have no plan. We're just here. Who's calling in this week? He went after her like she's made out of ham. That is interesting. That's exciting. Um, is somebody going to answer that? Hello? Hotline ringing. You're on your phone, and I don't think you're taking any of this seriously. Into the phone! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Channing Seidemann and her beautiful golden doodle, Lady George. And um, Channing has had Lady George for two years, and Lady George comes from Canine Assistance. Um, Channing has had epilepsy for 10 years, and she has very kindly agreed to give us an interview and talk about her experiences of epilepsy and what it's like to have um, a service dog like uh, Lady George. So welcome, Channing, to the podcast, and thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Victoria. Tell us about your experiences of epilepsy and what led you to think about getting uh, a dog to assist you. Epilepsy took away a lot of my independence. I was on the couch. I missed most of middle school because I was because due to seizures. And then I didn't know when they would come on, and I didn't know how big they would be. So, it getting Georgie, she gave me a lot of my independence back. She can go get my meds. She can go get help. She can go get the phone, and then. After a seizure, I can't see, so she's always there, which brings me a sense of comfort. But to go along with that, she's also a great belcher, burper, snore, has a great personality other than that as well. That's so much part of these dogs that they give you your independence back. So you're saying, so for how long, how long were you suffering with this before you got her? So I was suffering with it for eight years. And in that time, I didn't know if I would ever, what what my life would be like. I didn't know, once I got the news, I'd have it the rest of my life. I didn't know if I would be able to ski again, horseback ride again. I didn't know where my life would end up. And Georgie, she was able to allow me to continue to do those things. She goes to work with me, and to get a sense of how strong the bond is with Georgie, one day I was at work, um, at a barn and I was, went to catch a horse and I, I clipped George to the fence because I didn't want her in the pasture getting to get hurt and when I came back after catching the horse I couldn't find Georgie I just saw a leash hanging it turns out Georgie had pulled the leash and split it in half just so she could see me to make sure I was okay so it's a very strong bond that you develop with your dog and it's, it's, very, it's quite amazing now, you say that after you've had a seizure, she can do things for you, um, not just physically, but sh- emotionally she's there for you, so it's not such a scary experience. With certain seizure alert dogs, uh, or se- would you we call them seizure alert dogs or seizure response dogs? Would you say, has she ever alerted you to an impending seizure, or she's just there as a companion after the seizure happens and to get things for you after the seizure happens? 
We think she's alerted to me a couple times. There were, when I first got her, my seizures were still very active, very large. She did go and get my mom, go get help. And she brought my mom to me. I was in bed and about five minutes later, I had a seizure. Um, we th she did that twice. Um, it's not continued, she has, but those were the only times you know of. Since I've gotten her, my seizures have come down a bit. So it's, it's, it's a good thing that she, she hasn't alerted um, just because she hasn't been exposed to the um, as many seizures. So it is, but you know, it's not all about the alert part because what she does for me is, um, it's, that's part of the reason my seizures have calmed down. So um, how long did it take you when you applied, because you obviously got her through canine assistance run by the wonderful Jennifer Arnold, how long did it take you from when you applied to when you, when she came into your life? It took me quite a while. Um, once we sent in the application, we did some emails um, back and forth with Jennifer and Gary, and so it, it took a while. We were very fortunate to have ended up on the list. What I love about canine assistance is that they, um, you're on the list for need, really, isn't it? They don't go by the list of, you know, who first come, first serve basis. It's on a need basis first. Plus, also, they don't charge for the dogs. And I think that's, that's there's not many programs like that where these dogs are literally free. <laughs> and, and, um, and the canine assistance will continue if the person needs it to assist them with veterinary medical care costs, with food if it's needed, and I think that's what sets canine assistance apart from so many other organizations. Um, so you're how old now? I'm 19, and um, canine assistance, I, what sets them apart, and I mean, they're just amazing in their organization in general, but the fact that the, the, in the way they run things, you don't go there just to get a dog. But that was you know, our first impression. We're going to go there. We're going to get this dog, and a miracle's going to happen. But no, it's just the opposite. You go there, and the, you have an exam. You go on field trips. The, you, your, your dog picks you, and you're going to keep testing a dog until they see that spark, and they won't let you go home until they know that it, that's the dog for you. And that's that's it. That's set. And I mean, they have their own breeding program, veterinary program, and the way they train their dogs is, is quite amazing. The the choice teaching, Georgie's never been um, reprimanded in her life. It's quite an amazing program. They set that they set them apart in so many more ways. I think it's really sad when I see assistance dogs programs where they're training their dogs through force and fear or they're putting the prom collars or electric collars on them, which is just insane if you think these dogs are assisting and yet you're forcing these dogs into doing it. I think dogs have much more ability to be able to make choices and actually think for themselves when there's a situation when they're trained using positive methods rather than when they're trained using force and fear. Would you agree with that? I, I would agree. And Candace is trained Georgie in a way that that she wants to work, she wants to do her job, and it makes that much the bond that much more tighter because she she wants to do she wants to help you she knows that's her job, and it just it makes it that much more rewarding for both you and georgie if you if there are people listening who um, are going through some kind of medical issue um, 
young people like you, what would you say to them? What what would be your advice to them? If you're able to get number one, don't give up on yourself. You always have to move on and if you need an extra hand, an extra helping hand to make sure you can do that, then by all means you they're there for you and they, they want to help you to make to help you move move forward and move on with your life because it's just it's not it's not who you are. It doesn't define you. It's just one of those challenges that you just have to get over. And if you need a little Georgie or another, maybe a Butch, um, by all means, they will change your life and rock your world upside down. And what do you give Georgie in return? As much love as I can think of. <laughs> I, 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 she, I can never give back as much as she's given to me, but I do my best to, to make that happen. Well, I can certainly see the bond between you. Chani, thank you so much for talking to us, okay? And best of luck with the future. Thank you, Victoria. Hey, you got something on your mind? Are you a wizard or genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they, they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what, what the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, You obviously don't know my dog. Just ask Victoria. I love those pieces of uh, dialogue from Best in Show, that movie. You know, actually, I was reading something about that, and Fred Willard, who's phenomenal, he's my favorite character in that movie. He's doing the whole analysis and the play-by-play at the dog show. He said that he purposely did not learn anything about dogs. He didn't read about dogs so that he could just make it up. Like, wait, what? Yeah, like, you know. That's genius, you see, isn't it? Loved it. Okay, so let's get to Ask Victoria. And first we have Sharon, who goes by Chip. And she's in Chicago. And she says, Victoria, my name is Sharon, and I volunteer for the Chicago Canine Rescue. Already, you're one of our favorite people ever. Uh, I try to do some obedience training with some of their dogs, thinking if better behave, they will have a better shot at getting a home. She's brilliant. Some of the dogs are beyond my skills. Do you have someone in Chicago that could donate a couple of hours to give me some pointers on what to do with more problem dogs um, so we can set up a day and time? She really wants to help these dogs have the best chance at their forever home. Thank you, Sharon. And I love Sharon. That's awesome. Sarah McLeodry from Root Dog Training. Mm-hmm. She's one of my Victoria Still Positively dog trainers. Contact her. Perfect. Good to know. That's all you need to do. Go to positively.com slash trainers. You'll get all her information from there. Okay? And thank you. We love you, Sharon. Chip. Whatever. She goes by Chip. Okay. Next one is Gianna from Woodbridge, New Jersey. And she says, my German shepherd puppy Nala is a toy and treat, is a toy and treat guarded or guard. And when my older dog, Coconut, goes close to her, she will attack and pick her. And if you don't help, I'll lose my puppy. I also need help with manners in public. She'll go out of control when we get to PetSmart or Petco, so we can't go places with her this uh, this summer. And we love going out to places and walking around, but we can't have an out-of-control pu- puppy or she'll tackle someone. I, n- I need all your help, and my puppy and my family depends on it. And it sounds to me like there's a lot of resource guarding or toy guarding in that one. I know that firsthand. And it doesn't say yeah. how old the puppy how is. How old is the puppy? Yes. Older dog coconut goes close to she attack and pick her. Obviously, maybe it's just attacks her, you know, goes at her. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, you don't want your dog to practice the behavior. So first of all, you do management. And the management is 
that you don't allow your dog, the puppy, to have a toy or a treat near the other dog. So when it comes to be toy time, or you're going to play with your toy, or it's going to be treat time, you separate them. Mm-hmm. And that means you don't have toys lying around. And I know it probably sounds a little bit, uh, oh God, well, I want my dogs to be able to have toys. I want them to be able to share. That might come later on, but right at this moment, you've got to stop this habit from happening. Mm-hmm. Now, so toys are given at a time when it's play and when they're separated. So they can have their toys, but they're not together when they have them. And it's easier to do with treats than it is with toys. Yeah. But that's just the way you've got to do it. And then I think you've really got to teach your puppy to trade, to give stuff up to you. And then when pup realizes, actually, I don't have to hold on to this stuff, then they'll probably, hopefully, be less guarding with the other dog too. So I think that's the way you've got to go. Now, with regards to being outside in public, it's just literally teaching manners. Mm-hmm. You know, puppies don't come, puppies are like babies. They don't have any impulse control. Mm-hmm. And they learn it as they grow. So you have to teach it. And that means giving your dog a good canine education. This person lives in New Jersey, I think. Mm-hmm. And so... Again, go to positively.com slash trainers. You'll find some great trainers in the New Jersey area that will be able to come and help you. Because when you've got a resource guarding puppy, it's, it's you can change an adult resource guarder, but it's easier with a puppy. Do it now mm-hmm. so you don't get a really bad issue that you've got to try and change. And also, you have your eHow Pets series on YouTube, right? So it's youtube.com slash eHow Pets. And you do the basics like sit, wait, you know, come. You've got it all there. You've got all of the basic cues that you use with your dog. You've also got how to do the take it and drop it. You've also got a talk. talk uh, you also got a great video on how to prevent resource guarding, mm-hmm. how to get your dog to trade. So I really recommend that you go and watch it because mm-hmm. you've got all the information there if you do need a trainer and you know when dogs are showing aggression um uh, or some kind of resource gardening or aggression i always think it, look the money spent on a trainer is well spent yeah there's I kathleen georgievich and sam wyke and they are within sort of 25 miles of woodbridge new jersey so yeah. give them a call They'll come and help you. And you look, you're not talking about session after session after session after no. session. You may be talking about two or three. It's money well spent for the rest of your dog's life. Absolutely. And the whole point of, like, you taught me, I had a dog, I have a dog that resource guards food, and we have to separate him. He's still a little better, but he'll still do his thing, and then his little, you know, growling, then he'll eat. But what we just do is keep him separated That's so there's no uh, there's no chance for fisticuffs. Do you know, sometimes management is the best way. Yeah. Training, teaching is all about management and, and teaching. That's it. Perfect. Okay, here's uh, Mary... And uh, she's in Narina, Australia, and she says she has a foster dog that digs big holes. 
Is there something we could do to stop it so she can find a good home? Have tried burying balloons. No luck. I'm not really sure what burying balloons is. Maybe when they dig, it scares them when they yeah, pop the it. Yeah, the balloon bursts and scares them so they don't dig. But you see, what unfortunately what happens is it just go dig somewhere else. <laughs> do you remember what happened when I came around to you? Yes. And when we filmed your show, we yeah. created a sand pit. Mm-hmm. And we hid toys in there mm-hmm. so that Kashmir could dig in the sand pit. Mm-hmm. And you always take the dog to the sandpit and encourage them to dig in there. So you create a place where the dog can dig. And you hide great toys. And every day the toy is different. And so the dog can dig and get the toy. And that's awesome. So it really redirects the digging onto something else. Dogs love digging. Mm-hmm. So if you can have an area of your yard where your dog is allowed to dig, great. That stops her from digging in other places and then when somebody i mean this is a foster dog so if someone's interested in adopting the dog then basically they just pass that information on yes. and say hey you're getting a dog and a sandbox yeah right exactly there you go it's like a bonus we're throwing in a sandbox <laughs> okay um let's do this one this is senna she or he she's in east sussex uk and says my staffy cross puppy is eight months old and has been badly behaved from day one but the most difficult habit we're dealing with is we walk her three times a day and she refuses to toilet on the walks or in her garden. We could walk her for an hour and she will pee on her walk, but will wait to poo in her sleeping area. Then she drags her poo around the room and into her bed. What can I do? I am disabled with a young baby and need help to understand my puppy and her behavior. Wow. Drags it by her mouth or just as she is like a, a, Obviously, a but then poop she, walker? You know how dogs poop and walk at the same time oh yeah i don't think she's a poop walker no, i think she waits like i my my lab used to be a poop walker it was the most remarkable thing i've ever seen oh my chihuahua is yeah. jasmine she's a poop walker but no this one sounds to me like the dog will not poop it'll 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 pee on the walk but it won't poop on the walk yeah it waits till it gets home but why does it drag it because i thought they didn't like their sleeping area soiled yeah well no i mean this this is she's pooping in her sleeping area or she's dragging it to her sleeping area no no she's pooping in a sleeping area and then she drags her poo around the room and into her o and into her bed right so it's odd she's playing with it oh yeah that's what she's doing so i wonder if this dog has toys get her toys (laughs) (laughs) get her toys get her toys and i guess the thing you have to do is just clean that poop up as soon as well she should be pooping outside. And I think sometimes dogs don't poop outside because when dogs are in the actual act of pooping, it can be, it can render them vulnerable, vulnerable to outside to attack. So some dogs feel they can pee because they can pee up. They can pee outside because they can pee quickly, but pooping is a different, a whole different thing. And, um, so literally what you have to do, spend a day. Okay. Pack yourself a nice packed lunch. <laughs> your iPod, whatever you listen to for music, because you're going to have a long day. You take your dog out, your puppy out, you take your, you know, you take your foot for a walk, or, you know, if you need somebody to help you do this, then a friend or a family member to help you do this whilst you look after your baby. Um, And you walk your dog, and then you bring her back inside for a minute, and then you take her back outside. And you continue to do that all day whilst feeding her lots so that finally she poops outside. See, what's happening is that dogs get very smart. They go, okay, we're going to go for our walk. I'm going to do my pee. Then I'm going to come back in and, oh, this is my trigger coming back in. This is my trigger to poop. Mm. So what you do is that you don't, the, 
there's no trigger there anymore. They're coming back in, but boom, they're going straight out again. So it's almost like you're fooling the dog. You're bringing them back in. The dog goes, oh, good, I'm about, I can poop now. Oh, now I'm being taken outside again. And that's done the whole day until dog poops outside. And then do you just Lots do, of praise. Yes, very good. Praise. Brilliant. This is awesome. Perfect. And that's how you tackle it. Okay, one last question here. Uh, this is from Brittany in Missouri, and she wants to know, when does a puppy become an adult, and is a puppy a good choice with three cats? Hmm. Well, that'll be fun. It'll be fun for the pup to chase the cats around. <laughs> around 18 months. Dogs reach social maturity around 18 months, but some breeds two years, some breeds up to three years. But really, I guess the sort of the, the definition is 18 months. They turn into adults. They become and, adults. And then as far as a puppy with three cats, I guess if the cats are in good health. Yeah, then, you, know, you know, I always I think about the cats. They're going to go through stress with a pup coming in. Don't know. At least you're having that puppy and you're rearing it with three cats. So hopefully that pup understands that it doesn't mess with those cats. And those cats will probably make sure that the dog knows. Yes. I'm boss. Yes. When you, to introduce them, what's the first thing you would do when you bring that puppy into those, to the house of three cats? Because you know, cats will. Well, I wouldn't get nose to nose at all. I would separate them, baby gates, you know, things like that. Give the cats a lot of levels that they can go up to, cat trees that they can escape to. Because I would be worried about the puppy, not mm -hmm. the cats. So puppy needs to have own crate where it can be safe and spaced and supervised at all times when it's out of its crate. So that it doesn't get a swipe in no, the nose or the eye like I had when I first had my cashmere with the cat. Right. Perfect. All right. Great. If you have any questions at all, send us questions for our Ask Victoria, uh, positively.com slash Ask Victoria, and we will get to them all. And uh, hopefully we will make a harmonious household for you. And before we go, we have, don't forget, if you want to have a copy of my book, it's coming out March the 19th. You can pre-order it now. Mm -hmm. Go to my website, positively.com. You'll be able to find my book there. Order it, order it. It's a great book. It's a great read. Though I say so myself. I agree. I'm tooting my own horn. I'll, say, I'll toot. And we just want to say the finalist, the winner of the small dog Contest. Oh my God, there were so many. This was the, probably the toughest to narrow down. I mean, we went back and forth and back and forth. Everybody had their favorites. Oh my gosh, it was great. But we we finally got to one because um, this is the kind of dog I want and you've got a dog like I this. I know it is. And now everyone's going to think that we chose the, lab, the chocolate Labrador. <laughs> That's right, because you have a chocolate lab. For our large dog. And now we're choosing a chihuahua mix for our little dog. Because I've got a chihuahua. But it's not because I've got a chihuahua mix. It's no, because... It's a cute it's dog. It's a cute dog. And it, her name is Gypsy. Congratulations. Delinda McKinney, you are the winner of the small dog competition. So cute. I love Gypsy's that little dog. gorgeous. I want a dog like Gypsy. Oh, she's so pretty. And you are going to win a signed copy of my book. Congratulations. Awesome. A good day uh, overall. All right. Now, we have to go because we have to see who... You all know who wins because you've already seen the Oscars. We haven't. So we have to go and watch. Shall we go? We shall, and uh, hey, everybody, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook as Victoria Stillwell, or follow her on Twitter at It's Me or the Dog. This Positively Podcast has been brought to you by Pets Ad Life, who encourage you to get a pal for your pet. Visit PetsAdLife.org or the Pets Ad Life Facebook page to learn more.
Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively.